Hey there, thank you for stopping by our podcast. You are about to listen to an episode, one of our uh, original episodes of our first, uh, I think, 10 or so, uh, where we were branded under the podcast name, Own Your Business, and we now have changed and we've rebranded as Greer Method Complete Coaching. And really what's cool about this podcast is um, if you listen from the beginning to where we are presently, you'll see the refinement that goes on as an entrepreneur figures out what works and what doesn't and as quickly as they can discards the things that don't and then uh, really drive hard the things that do and that's been my journey um, as the host and as the founder of the company and uh, host of the podcast uh, i've constantly been trying to reevaluate remove what's not working and then uh, really dial up and emphasize what is working so thank you for coming here just know that you might hear some random references to own your business but know that you are in the right place and you are listening to Greer Method, the podcast. Thanks for listening. Please leave a comment, uh, like us, share us. That helps us get our message out and uh, definitely apply what you're learning, what you're listening to uh, in any way that you can, whether it be big or small, to produce better, more meaningful outcomes for yourself. Hello, business owners. This is Jared Greer, your host of Own Your Business. I'm an executive coach and performance coach, and I work with entrepreneurs, business owners, and executives to help them reach peak performance in not just one aspect of life, but in all aspects of life. Um, Because it just doesn't make sense to be focusing on a career and let everything else go to go to the wayside. So our guest today is a really good example of. Um, somebody who is working hard to meet and reach peak performance in all aspects of his life. And his name is Michael Tobian. He's the CEO of Utah Live Bands, which manages several, many, many bands there in the Utah music scene. Um, And he has literally traveled all over the world himself playing in a handful of these bands. But his bands have played for clients like Microsoft, eBay, Dillard's, Toyota, even the Kentucky Derby, they've performed with or for the uh, people like Robert Redford, the Beach Boys, Rooney Mara. So as CEO, uh, he manages not only Utah Live Bands, but he also manages a couple other businesses, one of them being a live dinosaur events business where they do uh, those big, giant, weird-looking dinosaur things that um, people like to run away from and, and be scared of. They also have some um, casino, they do casino night type parties where people can go and they can do faux gambling, I think is what what they call it. Um, And so he has a couple different businesses. You'll hear about one of his new ventures, which is an online, I think, comedy website. Um, You'll have to check that out. Michael himself, incredibly talented. I mean, this guy clearly is doing a lot, is very talented, Um, plays the saxophone, bass, drums clarinet, the flute. He teaches at Brigham Young University and as well as Utah Valley University. He even authored a textbook on jazz improvisation. He's married, has a a wife and uh, four kids. And so this guy is just going, going, going. And what I really loved about this episode and this interview is that, you know, we talked a lot about the importance of knowing the inner workings of your business, just taking the time to learn the details of some of the specific functions in your business as you are new and as you grow and as you scale. 
We also talked about how Michael learned that trusting his team and delegating allowed him to back away. And, and contrary to what he feared, that backing away from his business actually helped it to grow. So he talks a little bit about what that experience is like and how that was able to happen. And then he also covers what his experience, one of the other things that I didn't mention is that he has been and is a business broker. So he's helping people buy and sell businesses um, as well as all of the other things that he's doing. So uh, one of the last things that he sh- he he shares is he talks about um, what he's learned from all of these business deals that he's seen, all the people who come to him saying, hey, I want to be able to sell my business or I'm looking for a business. And he has been able to identify what's the difference between the people who are doing it really well and then the people who are who are not. So difference between the best and the rest I think you're going to love this interview with Michael Tobian. I'm wondering if you'll share just first a little bit about what you and your team at Utah Live Bands actually actually do. Yeah. So I have kind of a unique, a lot of people ask me what I do for a living, and it's kind of hard to answer because I actually have quite a few different things that I do. So you've kind of explained Utah Live Bands. That's my production company. We do a lot of events all over the world and, and mostly in Utah and the United States. But we do a lot of corporate events, weddings, and you know conventions and stuff like that. We provide the entertainment for it, the production. Okay. And then I also have, I've got a couple other businesses. I've got one called Empire Casino Parties, which we provide casino parties for corporate, you know, uh, like Christmas parties, stuff like that, when people just want like faux casino parties. And then I've got a company called Dinosaur Events where we provide these big, giant, 15-foot dinosaur, realistic dinosaurs for like TV shows and stuff like that. And we've done some cool stuff with 20, 21st Century Fox and Nickelodeon. And I was going to say, because that, I think I saw you on the Workaholics. Yeah. Or what? Okay. Uh-huh. Your dinosaurs were on Workaholics. And I feel like you were doing the dinosaur thing before anybody else was really doing the dinosaur thing. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. The way that started is my, my brother basically was like, hey, this guy's selling this dinosaur thing. You want to buy it? And I was like, sure. And then and then it just like went from there. So we've been on like 21st Century Fox, Nickelodeon. Uh, the Workaholics thing was on Comedy Central. We've been on – there's a show called Last Man on Earth. We were on that. Yep. And there's a show called Walk the Prank. And Anyway, and then we've done a lot of commercials and corporate events and stuff. So anyway, there's that dinosaur thing. And then I'm, I'm a business broker, so I've sold – lots of businesses for people. And so kind of a unique background with, I've seen a lot of businesses and I've like owned a lot of businesses. And so that's kind of my background. And which would you say, I mean, obviously you're doing a lot of things. They're all doing well. You know, when you think about kind of your, your, your baby or your passion project, which of those is it, or are all of them kind of fitting that mold? Well, the one you described, Utah Live Bands, is is what's making you know the most money and is kind of the main thing that I do. It's the main thing I spend my time with. Oh, and one other thing, we just started a uh, a website called Slap Laughter, which we do ad revenue and and share memes and just funny things. So that's slaplaughter.com. Slap laughter. So you're so how how did you get into a little bit of everything? And maybe st- take take us back to maybe where the passion started. Like what were the first early stages of your business and kind of where where were you headed? What was your vision for yourself back then before you were doing all of this? Well, I've never really been somebody who 
has like known what they wanted to do when they grow up, you know, like some people, they just know from when they're in junior high or whatever, they want to be a doctor, they want to do this. And I like still don't know what I want to do, <laughs> like, you know, so like, um, I've never, but I've never had like a plan really, but, but what I feel like I'm pretty good at is I, I'm, I'm an opportunist. So if an opportunity comes up that I feel like I would be, you know, successful in, or I would do well in, I've like not been hesitant to just jump on, even if the timing wasn't right or whatever. So like, mm. so I started Utah live bands when I was in college, just to make a little extra money. I never had planned on doing music for a living. Although yeah. I wasn't a music major in college, but I was just doing that just because I don't know. I liked music. That's just what I was doing. I didn't really have a whole lot of plans. And, and then, yeah, I just started that and that started growing every year. And then we started doing bigger events and like, you know, Utah Live Bands just started as a little jazz combo. We played a little background music for weddings here and there, just making a little extra money. Then I connected myself with some bands that were doing some big things and, you know, it's growing every year. And then I got into the business broker thing and kind of, and I got my brother managing Utah Live Bands and I had always intended on that being a side thing, but that's just really kind of grown. And then the other stuff, I don't know. It's just my personality that I just, if I think of an idea, I just like want to do it. I just kind of do it. Even if, you know, a lot of people tell me, oh, this is a distraction or you shouldn't be doing this. I've just successfully been able to start things and leverage my time so that I can get kind of other people running them. And, you know, and it's, it's quite a lot on my plate, but I've gotten to the point where I can do it pretty successfully without having to spend too much actual time on each thing, you know, cause I've got people that I trust that are kind of running things. I definitely want to get into that because I think something, you know, when I'm working with entrepreneurs and executives and business owners, the time is always a big thing. How do I, how much time do I devote to something? What do I say yes to? What do I say no to? Yeah, but I want to go back to where you're like taking, you're taking advantage of opportunities because that's something that people maybe shy away from sometimes, or they, it doesn't fit perfectly, or maybe there's a little bit of fear involved in like, well, what if it doesn't work out? So talk to us about how you, how you work through some of that when those opportunities do come along. Well, I've had a lot of things not work out. So, um, <laughs> so like I started a little vending machine business and that just was completely flop flopped. And then like I, I've started, I've started little websites that just like, you know, we put some time and money into it and it was just like so stupid no nobody ever went to it and we just like shut it down so <clears throat> i've had my share of failures too but um what i think you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about time though because time you know if you're if you're wanting to leverage yourself and try to make as much money as you can and be as successful as you can and do as much as you can time is your biggest enemy or can be your like most valuable friend so Putting things off your plate that you don't actually have to do is very, very difficult for people. And it's, it was very difficult for me. That was one of my weaknesses. I just didn't trust anybody to do things that I felt like I could do. I felt like I could sell better mm. than anybody. I could run the business better than anybody. And once I actually trusted other people and said, all right, why don't you go ahead and do this? I realized that other people could do it as well or better than I can. I just didn't like trust them to do it. So. I think one thing that I've done well is I've taken a weakness of mine, which was not being able to let go of anything and turn it into a strength where I feel quite comfortable now saying, Hey, why don't you handle all this for me? And I'll follow up with you like later, but I'm not going to worry about it. Cause I trust you. And, and then I have learned that people are, people are better than things that at things that I am. <laughs> You know, and so I could trust yeah. them to do it and they'll do it a little differently maybe, but 
that is the key to if you if you have a lot you want to accomplish i believe that is the key is managing your time because you can't do everything and and if you can get things off your plate then you can spend the time that you have doing things that are actually going to be beneficial and grow the business as opposed to you know just yeah wheels well you can be like the visionary you can have the ideas and you can execute them and then as you, people gain trust around you, you can hand it off and say, go execute on this. Mm. What I really liked about what you said is that, yeah, you want to trust people, but hopefully what all of the entrepreneurs watching this or listening to this don't do is just go give everything away without that second part that you talked about, which is the follow-up. Here, I'm going to give you this, and then I'm going to follow up with it. doesn't matter how much you trust them. If it's a lot or a little, Follow-up should always be that component in your businesses where you at least know what's going on and how, you know, how progress is happening or what obstacles or challenges are people are facing so that you can help them help them get through that. Yeah, and you gotta be able to, to provide them support. Like that. So that's another one of my weaknesses. I, I once hired this guy and I just kind of did my thing, pushed everything off on him, and I didn't follow up very well with him. And he ended up quitting because he was like, you know, I don't feel like, I feel like you're just having me do all this stuff. And like, you, there's, you never meet with me, you know, you know, and you know, I, I learned a lesson from that. Yeah. He was, and he was right. Like I just kind of ditched him. And anyway, so I got to be careful about that, but I try to follow up with people, but you know, yeah, there is a de delicate balance, but you can still trust people to do things and you follow right. up and say, how is this going? Oh, that's great. You know, let's, let's do this. Let's navigate things a little bit differently or, or whatever you, however you want to direct them you do have to be able to trust them to be able to do it and they might end up doing it better than you. So I, I want to tap into your business broker brokering for a second, because now you've seen lots of businesses who are trying to sell, trying to get out of their business. Maybe they've come to you and said, Hey, I want to sell this. And you're looking at it and you're like, you know, it's, it's not sellable. Like it's not in a position where someone will buy it. So how much of that, ability or inability to trust and have other people do things how much of that shows up when a, comp a business comes to you and says i want to try and sell this yeah that's a good question so i will say that the businesses that are the most sellable and the most desirable for a buyer are the ones where the buyers feel the most comfortable jumping into the business knowing that the business will continue on without the owner. So that's usually the big, the buyer's biggest fear is that when the owner leaves, all the business is going to leave, all the relationships are going to leave. So, mm. yeah. So actually people who are able to do that, who are able to get their business to the point where it's saleable are, are the ones, you know, that, that end up getting the most for their business or have the highest chance of, of selling. I would say that's one of the top things, you know, top concerns for buyers and rightfully so. I mean, if you were buying a business and, you're realizing, oh my gosh, all these relationships are just the, the owner. Once he leaves, I mean, you're going to be terrified to spend all that money and just have it go down the toilet. <laughs> so, so my business used to be called Michael Toby and Ensembles and Bands. And I ended up switching it to Utah Live Bands because I just felt like it was more sellable. I didn't, I wanted to get my name off of it. And I've tried, not that I have plan on selling my business anytime soon, sure. but you know, I could sell my business because I've got people, you know, the relationships aren't all with me. I mean, there are some that are with me, but you know, somebody could take it over and it would be turnkey like that. I think yeah. it's I, if you want to sell your business to get to the point where it can do that. Well, I love that because that just should be a motivate motivator. Not only because when you're, when your claws are all locked into your business, then you're probably not enjoying the rest of your life the way that you had hoped to, 
but then to your point, it's not, you know, it's not positioning the, the business for that sale. If, if that's your objective, if that's your goal. Mm -hmm. well, well, and even if you don't want to sell the business, like we talked about before, see if I, I used to do all the bookkeeping myself. I used to do this myself. I used to do this myself. And I used to spend all this time doing stuff that I didn't actually have to do. And when a phone call would come in from like an important client, it would be like, man, I can't take this phone call right now. I got all this stuff to do. But now that I've been able to successfully get a lot off my plate, you know, a phone call comes in from a really important client. I can take an hour and talk with them because that's important because it's all about networking and that's going to grow my business. And I know that things are still going to get done. The bookkeeping is going to get done. The accounts payable is going to get done. My sales guys are still out selling. Anyway, so even if you don't want to sell your business, I have found the more I take off my plate, the more my business grows. And incidentally, like the more goes on my plate, but <laughs> which is like counterintuitive, but which is good or bad depending on what you want. I don't know if you've ever read the four hour work week. We talked about it last time. Yeah. So Tim, Tim Ferriss, you want to give just a summary of what that is and how that maybe impacted your business at the time that you came across it. Yeah. I mean, you can read the book and he's quite extreme. So I'm not like he, he's like, get everything off your plate and like go and live in like Japan and do like Taekwondo. Yeah. But, but, um, <laughs> but, but um, it, it was quite inspiring because he, it was quite inspiring in terms of getting things off your plate and trusting other people to do things for you. Again, I think the book's extreme and like his goals are different than mine. Like I, I like to be involved in the businesses and I mean like, what am I going to do? Like if I like just sit around all day, if I'm not doing anything, but sure. Yeah, anyway, uh, that book is quite inspiring in that regard. And I, I took it with, I took pieces of it and took it with a grain of salt, but it sounds like. You well, and I think we, we, you know, when we talked about it before we ha got on the show today, you know, business owners and people in general, they have to recognize that doing that outsourcing, whatever it is that you do have on your plate is great. As long as you're using that time, at least in the beginning to, to move your most important things forward. Right. Versus I'm just going to have everybody else doing everything. And then I'm going to sit around and, and do nothing like that's, that's going to be a recipe for disaster in the long term aspect of it. Yeah. What, what about those people? So let's say that, you know, we've got people listening and they're saying, well, that, that's great. I would love to be able to have somebody to pass things off to, you know, what about those people? What advice would you have for them that don't really have anybody to, to hand things off to, or they can't afford to outsource or bring on employees? You know, what, what, what's your guidance or what are your thoughts there? Well, that's also a good question. So you or not you, but people may not be in a position to be able to hire anybody. Like if you're barely scraping by and you're just running your business and you're just trying to get it off the ground, you know, hiring somebody is may not be in the cards for you. I mean, I've been there. I've, I've been, you know, where I've been working 60 to 80 hours a week and I'm doing everything. Pardon me. And like, I couldn't hire anybody. So I've been there, but if you can get to the point where you can take a little bit of a risk, hire somebody, even if, you know, I mean, the first time I hired somebody, it was like 10 hours a week. It's just like, I'm going to pay you 10 hours a week to handle this kind of stuff. And I was surprised at how much, you know, people work from eight to five, but they don't realize how much they're actually working from eight to five. You know, they might put in like a good three hours of work in from eight to five in, in lots of cases. <laughs> That's probably being generous. <laughs> yeah. Like they're talking, they're talking to buddies, they're going to lunch, they're, you know, browsing yep. Facebook and whatever. So like if you hire somebody to work 10 hours a week, you'd be surprised at how much somebody can accomplish because they're sitting there actually probably working for 10 hours a week. So anyway, yeah, somebody might not be in a position to do that. And, and then they have to get their business to the point where it's making a little extra cash that they can do that. But 
I will tell you, if you can do that, and if you can get stuff off your plate, and if you use that time to do more effective things, I've never really been in a situation where I, it's not just grown my business. Yeah. So it, I mean, it's scary to do, to spend money. To, I mean, it's the same thing with advertising or anything. It's like it's scary to spend that money, to spend those resources. But if you do, generally, it's going to be something that's successful. And if it's not, you'll learn from the failure. But... But I've always found it. I've always found that I've made more money when I've taken stuff off my plate. Yeah. Well, and I, I again, two things that I, I love: learn from the failure, learn from the the errors, the mistakes. Look at them as opportunities of okay, what what can I do differently next time? The other thing is the selection of what you're what you're outsourcing. So you're not going to give away maybe something that you're very good at to for somebody else to go do, but so you can stay in and learn how to do the books or learn all the accounting practices, outsource that, that part of the business where you can go out and sell more. And so maybe, you know, from a just sheer numbers perspective, you think, well, I can't afford it, but maybe it could, if you could offload something that allows you then to go out and sell more or get bigger partnerships or, you know, find a new, you know, niche to be able to, to advertise to or market to. So I think it is, really about how you look at it and how you how you work towards it yeah i mean i like that's that's the point of it yeah is, is like getting stuff every plate so you can do something else now you can get stuff off your plate and then just go golfing and if that's what you want to do great <laughs> like but that's gonna but you will make less money doing that because you'll be spending money but if you get stuff off your plate and then spend the time yeah like you said selling let's say you're a good sales guy and, and you're the guy who's getting all the you know selling more building relationships you know take at least just taking the phone call that you know you ought to talk to this important client whatever it, it might be you know that's a yeah. better allocation of your time oh and, and, one, thing, and one other thing yeah. you said is i think it's important though that you know how to do all the tasks in your business even if you end up getting somebody else to do them because that person might leave and you might have to do it or you might have to train them how to do it or, or and you just want to you just want to know everything about your business so yeah so, for example, like as I started businesses, like when I started my casino party business, I got the tables made. I did everything. I figured everything out. I said, I'm going to do the parties this way. And I had a lot of experience in the event industry anyway. So I had kind of a head start there. And for like a year, like even though I didn't really have a whole lot of time to do it, I did the events. I was dealing. Oh, I'm shaking the table. I was I was dealing. <laughs> I was dealing the cards at these pretend casino games. I learned how to deal all the games, craps, blackjack, all you know, poker, all this stuff. I was collecting money. I was running the business. I was doing the sales. And once I had a good system in place, I called my sister-in-law who lived in Denver. And I said, hey, why don't you come out to Utah and run this business for me? I'll give you a percentage of the profits and all the stuff. And she did that. Now she's doing everything. And once a month, like, I might take an hour with her and say, how are things going? And uh, how much do I owe you? Whatever. But, like, <laughs> but, but, like, good idea. you do got to follow up. But she has now, I, I've said, this is how I do it. Why don't you do it? And now she's put in, in even better processes in place and she's running it. And all I got to do is follow up with it and everything. So, but, but I can do everything in that business. Yeah. All, yeah. You know, I've been in the dinosaurs that I talked to you about. In fact, that workaholics thing was me. Like, so when you're watching the show, it's like me in that costume. So <laughs> anyway, so, so like I've done the grunt work, I've done this. I know how to do the bookkeeping. I know how to set up my stuff. I know how to do the events i know how to anyway it's important that you know how to do everything and then then you can choose not to do it 
And so does that does that depend on the stage of your business? So I think that's probably easier when you're newer in a business. You're just getting the business set up. But to your point, you know, you brought your sister-in-law in, she comes in, she runs it, she adds to the processes. Are you then following up with her and and learning, okay, here's this new aspect of it? And then you're like, hey, next, next, you know, event, I'm gonna go out and do that. Or is it more of now you're aware of how she's evolved it or the evolution of it and you're just you're good with it? Well, I think that's up to up to your individual style. I, I um I personally Maybe I should be more involved, but I just am like, okay, do it and let me know how this is going. Like, I probably yeah. should be more like going to an event every once in a while and saying, hey, uh, let's change things up. But I just kind of trust her to do it. I I, um, I just got a lot going on. So uh, anyway, she does a good job, and that's the way I handle that. But I do think it's important, yeah, that you examine. Yeah. You know, my dad's run some companies for people, and he, he always talks about how, you know, he ran this um, – like cattle fencing business and he would go he was the president of the company but he would go in and he'd weld stuff with the guys and 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 you know so that he could know what's going on and so if changes need to be made he could make educated decisions about it so i would suggest that you do that i'm that's one of my weaknesses so i i'm not a great example of that <laughs> I, I sometimes kind of like let me oh good this ball's rolling i'll just forget about it but well, but I think you're, you're also talking about put, setting up a business in a way that it becomes for lack of a better word, predictable, right? You've got the processes in place that proves the model is bringing in revenue and you know that it works. And so then you can hand it off mm -hmm. and it might evolve, but that core business needs to be able to stay the same to where those same levers are getting pulled at the right cadence and the right frequency. If it's evolved from there, that's fine. But again, that kind of baseline trust factor, the foundation of what the business is versus Somebody who's like, I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, I'm going to have this person manage this process that's not even a process yet. Or I'm going to have this person do this, and I don't really even know what the right formula is there. Um, so that could, be a, that could be tricky as well. Yeah, and I mean, you got to pay attention because things can get out of hand. And like, you know, I've often yep. been like, hey, why aren't we charging enough for this or whatever? So you can't just let things go on their own. I mean, you can, but it's, it's, it's better if you are paying attention to it, like you said. So let, let, obviously you've got a couple of different businesses. How do you prioritize your time? How would you define balance in your life? You've got multiple businesses. You've got a wife who probably likes to see you occasionally. You've got four kids who probably want to know who dad is. So how do you, how do you first define balance and then how do you prioritize your time? Well, actually that was very difficult for me for, for many years and like, you know, it had affected my relationship with my wife and my kids and just my mental health and whatever, like for, for several years. So that is like a valid thing to think about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing that I've learned is like business is not everything. Like, you know, lately I've really been focusing on, you know, uh, exercise and, and all this kind of stuff and, and spending time with my family. So, um, but I, I have, um, probably just because I've been running my businesses for so long and just have good processes in place and good people to run them. I, I'm surprised that nowadays how little time I do actually spend on it. I used to spend just like all day, all night on it. But as I've been able to relinquish these things, you know, get the stuff off my plate, I actually find myself a little bit surprised like, well, I don't really have anything to do today. Now, there's always something to do. Like I could, yeah. 
there's like there's a whole list of things I should be doing, right? There's stuff you should be doing and stuff you app that are like fires that you got to put out. For me, it used to be like all day long I was putting out fires, answering phone calls, doing this, putting out these fires. And now it's like, oh, I've got like nothing to do. Of course, I've got all this follow up with all these clients and all this stuff that I could be doing. Yeah. But I can, I, but if I need to go to, if I want to take my kids to the park or whatever, it's like, yeah, I can do that. So, do you think that as you look at look back at when you're building up the business, what you know now, do you think that would have had a significant impact back then, or did you have to have that time where you were? You were grinding away. You were maybe absent from the family. Because you know, I think sometimes there's this idea has got to give away this season of our life where we're building the business. In my experience, that comes that comes out more like for the family, right? We're doing this for the family. Yeah. Um, some people get back to the family, and some people don't. Quite honestly, so would that have made an impact? back then if you had trusted more outsourced more how would that have changed maybe the the, the building of your business I, I think it would have been, changed it for the better um, but I my personality is that I'm a bit of a workaholic and that I'm you know tend to be kind of ambitious and and whatever so I couldn't help myself and I just was like yes <laughs> my yes my wife and I, I would just get a bit obsessed with trying to grow something trying to start something new and yeah she'd be like why are you always trying to start something new you know and it ends up being a good thing, but yeah, I overworked myself and I do think that people need to learn to work really, really hard. Like they, they need to learn that work ethic or that skill set or whatever. So you should be able to work really hard and I know how to work really hard. Right now in my life, I've, I, I've and when I say right now, I mean the past couple of years, like I took some reflection and said, I think I'm spending like all my time on this and like neglecting the family and this and that. So I purposefully stepped back, took some stuff off my plate. And what I've found is that it's helped grow my business. But, but you know, that's something everybody's got to ask themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, what's important to them in life? Um, for me, growing a business, you know, being successful, making money, growing my talents, whatever is important, but it's just one of the things that are important. You know, exercise, getting in shape, that's important. My family life, that's important. Spending time with friends is important. And I neglected it for many years. And in a way, it helped kind of grow my business and, and, and helped me. But, yeah, I think to, to the short answer to your question is that if I think I were to go back, I would do things a little differently. And I would take more off my plate. I would do things a little bit smarter instead of just spinning my wheels and working hard. And, and it would have yeah. not negatively affected other aspects of my life as much. Well, I think that takes a lot of confidence and, and courage. I want to just, I've got a lot of respect for people that are willing and able to make that pivot. Because again, like I, I have, I have had clients in the past who they're later on in life and they're now trying to figure out how do I get my health back? How do I, you know, get my relationship back with my spouse or my kids who are now in college and hardly ever around anyways? How do I get that stuff back? And so I think being able to recognize what's important as early as possible and then build structures around it that allows the most important things to be taken care of. Yeah, your business might not grow as big as maybe or as fast as you want it, but it will still grow. And if you're dedicated and disciplined and making the right sacrifices, then it will grow and you'll get to where hopefully you need to go without sacrificing everything else. So I, I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's a pretty common tale that people, 
look back at their life and they go, oh, I spent all my time on this. And, you know, anyway, you just have to decide what you want in life. But yeah. I must say that, you know, you don't have to be a workaholic to be successful. You just have to be smart. And, and again, we keep going back to this theme, but surrounding yourself by really good people that you trust, that are on board, and, you know, and I'm paying them fairly, and, you know, and, and everything is, well, you know, I found that when I spend a little less time, I have not, my business has not slowed down. I've just been a little smarter about it, so. Efficiency and effectiveness, right? Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that. And I, what I really want to know, Michael, is I want to go back to that moment when you went to your wife and you were like, okay, there's these dinosaur costumes and it's, <laughs> it's going to be huge. How did you sell that idea to your wife? <laughs> well, there's been many times in our relationship where my wife's rolled her eyes and I think she just got to the point where she's just like, whatever, I'm, you just do, do your thing. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, and honestly, we would fight about it early in our marriage. It's like, I, I have these ambitions and she's, you know, that's completely stupid and whatever. And like some of them worked out. She's like, all right, you know, I guess I trust you. But yeah, so she doesn't, I don't think she cares anymore because <laughs> I, I, I've started some crazy stuff, but a lot yeah. of it worked out. And so she has to get, but, but yeah, I mean, it is something that, I guess your wife has to be on board with. Um, you know, <laughs> Ideally, they're right? Very, they're very expensive too. Yeah. So. <laughs> what a, what was the point in your career where you felt like, okay, th like this this could be my business. This could be you know the way that we make money. And and maybe it was that way all all along. But as you're building, you know, first the Michael Tobian ensemble piece, and you see the potential. At what point? Do you kind of see the, the, the scales tip? Um, yeah, it's a good question because, I, I like I said, I, I still kind of feel like it's like, it's like some people say, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to be a doctor, whatever. That's what they want yeah. to do. But for me, I'm, I still feel like I'm like, I don't know, like, it, you know, after the busy season with our, like, events and stuff, like every year I'm like, to my wife, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to sell it, do something else. And she's like, no, you don't, you know. And then, like, you know, we had a slower season. And I'm like, oh, no, I, 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 this is good. I was just, you know, exhausted. <laughs> but so I still just feel like I don't even know, like, you know, it's like what I want to do. But but when we started paying bills is like when I felt like, oh, this is something that's actually making us money. So, but it, it's funny. I never really planned on doing what I'm, what I'm doing. I just keep doing it because it's paying bills. And... I think I'm just different than a lot of people in that regard. So, but you're passionate about it. I mean, I think one thing that I know from what I know about you is, especially when it comes to music. I mean, it's something that you're passionate about and enjoy, and and love doing. So, do you ever see yourself doing something outside of that? I mean, do you see, I mean, entertainment, music? Would would you just totally pivot and do something completely different, or what would that look like? I, I would if the opportunity came along. I ne like I never planned on doing music for a living. I always thought it would kind of spoil mm -hmm. it because it is my hobby, and um, you know I'm like you know doing your hobby for a living it becomes a job instead of something you enjoy. And a lot of people choose not to pursue music for that reason. Yeah, but, you know, taking a step back and not killing myself has helped with that. But I do enjoy it. But yeah, like you like um like there's a couple things that I do that are not music related whatsoever. The business broker thing is isn't, and I enjoy that. And this new website we started is doing really well. 
it's kind of a, a Facebook ad ad revenue type of thing, and that has nothing to do with music. So, like like I said, if the opportunity came along, I would I would not hesitate to not, not do something music related. And in fact, sometimes I get sick of making money doing what I want to do for fun, you know. <laughs> but but you know, I'm a, you know, it's 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 doing well, and, and there's a lot of people that I hire that rely on it. So I would never just ditch it. Yeah. If I were to to do something else, I'd sell it and try to make sure it went into the hands of somebody who was really going to take care of everybody. Because a lot of people, you know, it, it, there becomes a lot of pressure when you, you you start to when people start to rely on the income that you're giving them for you know to pay their bills. Sure. Because you know, if my business were to fail, there'd be a lot of people that would be hurting. So yeah, a lot of musicians, what? you know, my staff. Yeah, because how many you have a? I mean, how many bands are part of Utah Live Bands? Well, so so we own some bands, and when I say own, I mean like I've started, or me and my manager have started. My brother's my manager, and we start it, we organize it, put it together, put, do some promotional materials, and start booking it out. And and again, so just so people know, this is not like original bands that are playing original music yeah. at bars and stuff. Like this is like for events that are playing dance music and entertaining the crowd. So it's kind of a niche type of thing. But we will start a couple band, different, couple new bands every year. So we've got like, I don't know, 50 bands that we either own or a lot of times there's a band that's really successful, but they're just looking for somebody to handle their booking for them and get them more yeah. and higher paying gigs and whatever. So there are bands that we don't actually own, but we have an exclusive uh, booking arrangement. So we just do all their booking. You know, if, if somebody says to them, hey, why don't you come out to our party? They say, well, talk to our agent. So we're their agent. Then there's bands that we manage. And anyway, so, you know, we probably have like 50 bands that are exclusive to us. And then we also, sometimes clients say, hey, I'm looking for, you know, a Grateful Dead tribute band or so, like something very specific that we don't have. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll go out and, and, and find it and, and like, and book it for them. So, hmm. but we've got a lot of bands that we've started and, you know, and, and then it's pretty easy for us to start. We have a good process and, and stuff, so. Love that. Love that. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you're doing some really good things with all of the experience that you have in your own business, with the business broker brokerage that you, that you run. What, what do you feel like entrepreneurs are getting stuck with? And we've already talked a little bit about trust. We've talked a little bit about time management. Like what are some things that you've seen that, that you feel like really hang up entrepreneurs who are trying to build a business, trying to get things going? Well, I think a lot of them are risk averse. Yeah. So I've, I've had the opportunity to see a lot of businesses as people have tried, you know, tried to sell their business. I've looked through a lot of people's financials. I've talked to them a lot about their business. A lot of times people want to sell because their business isn't doing very well. And sometimes people want to sell because their business is rocking and they were retiring or whatever. So I think a lot What's of What's the split there between people that are rocking it and people that are just trying to escape? Well, I don't really know like the average business, but people who are wanting to sell their business, it's usually people who have a good business, but they're just wanting, you know, they're either wanting to change directions or they have something better or they're retiring or maybe they're getting divorced and they got to just sell because they don't want to keep running it together. And sometimes people call in a panic and like, oh, my business is tanking. Can you sell it? And I'm like, well, who's going to want to buy your business? <laughs> you know, it's kind of a heartbreaking. Uh, Here's a business. It was doing great last week and this week. Uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, it's like, it's kind of a heartbreaking discussion to have, but can you see me by the way? Like, my yes. okay. Yep. So, so, um, but I would say some of the barriers or, or, or to that I find that people have a hard time is one, they're too, they're really risk averse. 
they don't want to like I've known people who they don't want to spend the money they might want need to spend in order to get a particular account or do some advertising they know or whatever or hire an employee to take stuff off their plate they want to do it all you know um, that is something another thing is some people don't want to work very hard yeah you know, and that's challenging <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so uh, so you got I mean you got to be able to work hard some people just don't have a lot of skill sets to run their own business. Some, some people need to get a salary. They just need the salary. They feel comfortable with the salary. They get panicked if they don't have guaranteed income and stuff. And if you're a results-oriented sales type person, you may not. You may be excited to not have a salary because you say, "Hey, the sky's the limit as far as you know, killing what I own." But I would say those are some things that are the biggest barriers I've seen. Or barriers to somebody doing well with their businesses. They're just too scared. And, and what types of, you know, characteristics have you seen in the in the businesses that run well? You know, when entrepreneurs are really doing it well, what are the things that stand out that maybe even surprise you as you're looking over their financials, as you're talking with them about their processes? What are the things that stand out that, that really, you know, impress you? Well, I've been inspired by some of the business owners that I've met that just, they just do it stuff. They just do it. Like they have an idea and they just do it. You know, it's like, they don't, there's never going to be a good time to do anything. You, it's like, oh, I'll do that. Now it's not great timing for me. It's never going to be great timing unless you have a disaster going on in your life or something, which does happen. And that may not be great timing, but you know, let's do this particular thing to grow. Let's buy this company. Let's, hire this person, whatever, whatever the decision is, it just do it, you know? So the people that I've been inspired by, like there's one particular business that I sold that was quite inspiring to me because these guys were selling because they started another business and that other business is just going crazy. And this business, they're like, you know, we're just not focusing on it. Let's sell it. And you know, buyers would look at the business and they'd, and they'd say, they'd ask a question and they'd be like, I don't really know. Just talk to our office manager. They run it. Like we're off doing it. You know, it's like, they just are like, just going. Yeah. They just do it. They just, they get an idea and they just, they just implement it. I, you know, those types of people always got a lot of, lot going on. Yeah. And, well, I love, you know, I, I mean, ex out, execution. What's that? Yeah. I, it, it boils down to execution. And I, I often, when I'm working with clients, I'm, I'm always telling them like, listen, we have, we like the planner you, but we also like the doer you. And we have to find a way to like shrink the planner and let the doer grow a little bit more because, man, we can plan ourselves to death. We can look at all of the, well, when this is right and that's right. But, man, at the end of the day, you've got to get out and execute. You've got to get out and just do what needs to be done to be able to get results, to move yourself to that next level. And you've got to be willing to sacrifice as well. So I think execution, I'm not surprised, not totally surprised to hear that that's, you know, something that stands out. Yeah, and like so, the planning thing's important. Like, but but that yeah, so that is. But you're right. Some people plan and plan and plan, and they just are so scared that they're gonna lose money or they're or it's not gonna totally. work out that they just don't do it. And that I'm I'm a little bit the opposite of that it, to a fault a little bit. I don't do as much planning as I should. You know, I if I'm thinking of starting a new business, I really ought to do a business plan and research the market sure. and all this stuff and then implement it implement it according to my business plan. That's not really my style and it should be my style. I would be more successful if it was, but I'm just like, 
oh my gosh, you know what would be awesome is if I started this and I just like buy all the stuff <laughs> and then I just like throw up some ads and then like do whatever. And then like everybody tells me, why are you doing this or whatever? And sometimes it fails and sometimes it's awesome. And then, then, I, guess oh, I, love then that. I hire somebody else to run it. But so, but I will say though, there is good. So there's a weakness of mine that I'm not great at the planning and like, and strategizing. Like I just kind of like, so I do do things like I am that, yeah. way, but, but I probably am that way to a fault. So you need to strike a good balance. But I will say yep. I've had some good successes because of the fact that I'm just like, this is a great idea. And I just like go and buy the dinosaurs or I buy this, right? Or, or I, I'm going to anyway, and jump, jump in full yeah. with both feet because I think usually when people aren't successful, it's because they don't do that. So I think the doing it is, is even more important than the planning. Stages. Yeah. I'll figure out the planning as you go. You might make mistakes. See, I make I make a lot of mistakes along the way, and so I ought to plan better. But I don't. But I don't know that the planning always equates to less mistakes. Uh, honestly, because I mean, if you think about where even your business is now, look at all the iterations and pivots that you've made as a result of doing and learning and then changing. And I think about my own business and how many iterations I've gone through and just the, the name and what's the products that I offer. And now I feel like I'm finally settling on, okay, this is what I do. This is where I, I'm good. And, and I don't think I could have ever planned any of that. Right. I, I maybe could have done market research. I maybe could have done the business plan, but kind of like you, I'm thinking I just want to go and I'll learn along the way and pivot and iterate because I see people all the time where they've got this great idea and they've got it in this nice, neat little package and they're just petrified to put it out there because they think one, somebody else is going to steal it. And two, they're afraid to even see if it will work. So, but what they don't know is that once you put it out there, you immediately start getting feedback and then you're probably going to change it anyways. You're exactly. probably going to get feedback and your, your product's going to change. You're going to pivot and it, you're going to have to iterate. It, it will for sure. And like, it's important not to just have these expectations that you stick to. So it's like, you know, I, I'm totally in a different place than I ever thought I would be when I started, you know, whatever business, but it, you know, sometimes people have these expectations. I want to do this and it's going to be like this. And it's going to be like this. And then they realize, oh shoot, the, you know, my inventory or whatever is going to cost me way more or, you know, roadblocks. Yep. Up. And it's like, you need to plan for you need to plan the way you want it to be, but you also need to be able to pivot and you can't get married to your expectations of what it's going to be like. So I'm with you. Yeah. Michael, but definitely really appreciate people connect with you, learn more about you, hire you. What, what's a good channel for that? Well, you can email me at Mike at Utah live bands.com. I'm happy to answer any questions. You can look me up on Facebook. You can go to my website, utahlivebands.com. My casino party business is empirecasinoparties.com. My dinosaur one is dinosaurevents.com. Um, We're going to link that one. The other yeah. one's not so, but the dinosaur, yes. <laughs> the, the business brokerage that I work with is alpinebusinessbrokers.com. And anyway, you can get a hold of me if you have any questions. I'm happy to you know, talk to anybody. Um, if anybody needs entertainment at their event or whatever. But I, yeah, I really appreciate it you have me on it was a good discussion hey happy to have you definitely we'll have you on again thanks so much for all of your time and your insight thank you it's great to be with you thanks michael